0: Today, we're continuing our series on spiritual and mental health called Jesus Loves Us. Because when we have challenges in our life, we need to know that Jesus truly loves us. In fact, to make this personal and also to invite your participation, I want you to say this with me. Jesus loves me. Say it with me. Jesus loves me. Say it again, but say it from your spirit. Jesus loves me. The reason I want this to be deposited in your heart is often we believe that Jesus loves other people, and we know that's true, and while we know it in our mind that Jesus loves us, sometimes our feelings betray us, and we feel like Jesus doesn't love us. In fact, as I was preparing this message, I was reflecting on a song I learned in Sunday school when I was a little kid, and it went just like this. I invite those of you who know it, you might want to say it under your breath because I know you're going to do it anyways. <laughs> it went like this. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak. But he is strong. You know, when life is great, we, we celebrate God. But in life, when life is difficult, when we are weak, we need the love of God. We need God to show up and love us and embrace us and encourage us. Anytime you watch the news, you're going to be discouraged. But anytime you get close to Jesus, you're going to discover his love. Now, holiness is the defining feature of God's character. But love is the defining feature of how he interacts with us. He loves us. And I want to say to all of you, Jesus loves you. If you've never heard this message before... Maybe you're brand new to faith. Maybe this is your first time at church. There is a God in heaven. His name is Jesus, and he loves you. And he died on a cross to give you life, hope, and freedom, and eternal life. And all you have to do is believe in him. Call on him and say, Jesus, I need you. I want you to forgive my sins. Make me new. Give me eternal life. And he will do it. He will bless you because Jesus loves you. He loves all of us. He loves all of us, and we need to embrace that today as we talk about spiritual and mental health. I've titled today's message, as we're talking about spiritual and mental health, Healthy is Possible. Say it with me. Healthy is possible. I want you to believe that healthy is possible. For you see, with God, healthy is possible. With Jesus, healthy is possible. Now, I didn't say perfect is possible. Don't try to be perfect because none of us are perfect. And if you think you're perfect, I hate to break it to you. You're not perfect. None of us are perfect because only Jesus was perfect. But because he was perfect, he makes it possible for us to be healthy. And so as we start this conversation again about spiritual and mental health, I want us to truly believe in our mind, our soul, our spirit, and our emotions, that healthy is possible. But in order to frame the conversation today, we need to understand the relationship between spiritual health and mental health. Spiritual health and mental health. Here is the main idea I want to share with you that frames today's conversation. Simply this. Good mental health starts with good spiritual health. Good mental health starts with good spiritual health. Now to help us understand this a little bit, I want us to think about our life like a house, like a home, right? There are walls, there's a roof, and there's a foundation. We need all of those elements in order to have a sound house. But the most important thing in a house is what? The foundation. The foundation. And faith in Jesus Christ is the foundation. In fact, that's what we just sang. That Jesus is our firm foundation. And if you've ever purchased a home, you want to know that the home you purchase has a firm foundation. For you see, if a home has pretty walls and a great interior and a great exterior, but the foundation is fractured, the house is unstable. Many of us were walking through life, we look great on the outside. Everything seems to be going great. But our faith foundation is either way too thin or it's fractured. And it's only a matter of time before our, fa- our, our family and our life falls apart. God wants to step in and strengthen our foundation. In fact, he wants to be our foundation. Jesus wants to be the foundation upon which we build our life. Jesus told a parable, which is a story about two men who built homes. One man, he built his house on sand, and another man built his house on a bedrock. And it says this, that storms came. For you see, in life, storms are going to show up. And here's a newsflash. You are either going into a storm, you're right in the middle of a storm, or you're coming out of a storm. That's how life works. Storms will show up. Storms will show up, but the one thing that you can control is what you build your life upon. This man who built his life upon sand, when the storms came, his house washed away. But when the man built his house upon bedrock, his house stood and withstood the storm. In the same way, in our spiritual life, when we build our life upon Jesus, who is the chief cornerstone, he is the rock on which we stand We can survive the storms and the challenges and the mental attacks and the mental illness and every situation that comes our way because Jesus is unshakable. And when we stand upon him, we may be shaking on the rock, but the rock who is Jesus Christ does not shake under us. We can trust him. We need to build our life upon him. So as we talk about spiritual and mental health, We need to start with the idea that spiritual mental health is the foundation. And mental health is what what we build around it. Spiritual health is important, and so is mental health. But spiritual health is the most important. So I want to invite you to join me in Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 39. We're going to look at the life of Jesus one more time. And we're going to discover how he lived his life and how he discovered spiritual and mental health. Now, just before we get into the text, let me give you a little bit of context of what's happening here. These are the verses that we have about the life of Jesus as he was growing up, when he was a boy and a young man. So this gives us a little bit of context about how he grew up. And I just want to say to our high school students, lean into this, because I think there's some lessons for you about how you can thrive in this season of life. This isn't just for the adults here, it's especially for you high schoolers, so lean in. Verse 39 and 40, and then we're going to go to verses 51 and 52. And for those of you who may be wondering, why is there such a big gap? Well, in between, there's a story about Jesus going to the temple with his parents. They go for a festival day, and then his parents leave, and they leave him at the temple. Can you believe that? Yes, and so if you've ever been left at church, or if you've ever been left at the grocery store, if you've ever been left at the shopping center, just know you're in great company because Jesus was forgotten too. They came back and found him eventually, but that's what's in between. So let's jump into verse 39 and 40, and then we'll look at verses 51 and 52. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Let me pause here and say this. What we see from this passage right here is that Jesus grew right at the stage he was at. So, high schoolers, look at this is a prescription for you. Become strong, be filled with wisdom, and let God's grace be upon you. And that's one of the reasons why I celebrate our high school students being up here at the front because they're making themselves available to be like Jesus and allow Him to speak to them and encourage them. Now verses 51 and 52. Then he, Jesus, went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. Obedience is important. Obey right away. But his mother treasured all of these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Now we're going to camp a little bit on verse 52. Because this is the central passage, the central verse of our time today. He grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. He shows us that healthy is possible. So today I want to share with you a few lessons from Jesus' life that teaches us that healthy truly is possible. Number one, focus on whole person health. Say whole person health. Whole person health. Jesus just didn't focus on his spiritual life and his mental health. He focused on whole person health. He allowed himself to grow in all areas of his life. And I want to reread verse 52 again. And I've added some words and some phrases that we understand to help us unpack what's happening in the life of Jesus. And how we can learn to have whole person health. Verse 52, Jesus grew. That means he grew healthy in wisdom. That speaks of his attitude and mindset. And in stature, that's talking about his physical body and his physical health. And in favor with God, that speaks of his spiritual life, his relationship with God the Father. And all the people, that speaks to his relationships. Jesus, from the very beginning, focused on whole person health. He was looking at every area of his life and he was wanting to grow. And advance and get healthy. And one way for us to remember whole person health is the word ramps. Now every letter in the word ramps represents a phrase that'll help us understand what whole person health is all about. Healthy, think about ramps. And I want to suggest to us that our ramps, R-A-M-P-S, are our responsibility. And what does ramp stand for? Relationships, attitude, mindset, physical body, and spiritual life. We are responsible for our ramps. And I want you to do a quick check in your mind. How are your ramps today? Are they taking you up or are they taking you down? We have the ability to adjust the angle of incline of our ramps. If we focus on On our ramps, our life is going to go up. If we don't focus on our ramps, our life is going to go down. And Jesus was dialed in to the ramps in his life. He was paying attention to every aspect of his life. And he's inviting us to do the same, to allow healthy to be possible. And the reason I make mention of this is because often in the conversation of mental health, it's all about mental health. And spiritual health is minimized. I believe that God wants to reintegrate all of these elements, our relationships, our attitude, our mindset, our physical body, and our spiritual life. He wants to bring all of that together. Part of the reason why why mental health and spiritual health are separated is because the early fathers of psychology, they criticized people of faith. They actually mocked people of faith and religion. A guy by the name of Freud, he actually made fun of Christians. He said... Religion is for the weak-minded. And that's where the split began. And I just believe, yes, I understand that there are mental health issues and some are related to physical issues or biochemical issues in the brain or maybe issues related to the endocrine system or other reasons. I fully understand that. But I also believe that part of the reason why we have so, much, so many issues in the area of mental health is because we've asked God to not be a part of it. We have asked God to not be involved in our mental health. And I believe God wants to reintegrate those aspects of our life. Jesus has something to say about every area of our life. For you see, this is what verse 52 tells us. Jesus was concerned about his own ramps, and he cares about our ramps as well. He wants to speak into those and make us better. So with that in mind, I want to suggest to you that healthy psychology is spiritual. And self-care is sacred. Healthy psychology is spiritual. And self-care is sacred. Now in order for us to understand about psychology, I want to unpack the word psychology for us. Psychology is made up of two Greek words. One is psyche and the other one is logos. And the way we understand it is psyche speaks of mind and logos speaks the study of. So psychology is the study of the mind. But I want to say that there's a couple more layers to this. The second layer to this is not only does psyche mean the mind, it also means life or soul. And logos not only means the study of, it also means truth and word. But here's the bedrock principle. Here's the spiritual application of this. Not only does psyche mean the mind, life, and soul, it also means the breath of life. And logos means not only the study of, Also, it means truth and word, but it also means the word. For you see, in John chapter 1, this is what it says. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then in verse 14, it says this. And the word became flesh and came to live among us. Here's how I want to put this together. The Logos, who is God. Breathe the breath of life into us. And he wants to breathe the breath of life back into you. Healthy psychology is spiritual. We bring both mental health and spiritual health together. This is what we see in God's word. He wants to be involved in what happens in our mind and our emotions. We need to allow him to step in. Self-care is also sacred. Here's what I mean. God expects us to steward our bodies And our minds and our life. For you see, self-care is spiritual stewardship. It's how we take care of our life. God expects us to take care of our life. And this is an area where the enemy wants to keep these two categories, these two areas of our life separated. Because if he can keep our spiritual life out of our mental health life... What will happen is then he has rule and reign to attack our mind and our emotions. And the weapon that the enemy uses primarily with people of faith and people all over the world is worry. Worry is a weapon of the enemy. Worry is a weapon of the enemy. It's meant to discourage us and it's meant, it's meant to cause us to doubt our faith in Jesus Christ. Worry is actually a form of worship. For you see... When we worry, we're worshiping the problems that we have. We're making them bigger than God. When we worry, we ruminate and we focus on the problems and the problems get bigger. Have you noticed that when you worry? You just end up worrying more and you worry more about more things? Worry is a weapon of the enemy. So I want to share with you a couple ways to decrease worry and even clinically decrease anxiety and panic. I know some of us, I think all of us deal with worry. I I worry sometimes, but some of us, we deal with anxiety and even panic attacks. I want to share with you a couple ways that we can address worry and anxiety and panic. The first one is is just breathe. Say just breathe. Just breathe. Breathing is important. It's not rocket science, but it's very important. For you see, breathing is not only an automatic process, it's also something that we can control. And what often happens in life is that when we get stressed out or we worry, our mind starts racing and our emotions go haywire. But the one thing that we can control is our breathing. And our breathing influences our body. Our breathing influences our body. For you see, when we get activated, when we get triggered... Our breathing gets very shallow. Our heart rate goes through the roof. We have panic. Our body dumps a bunch of chemicals into our body to address challenging situations. Stress hormones come on. And we start breathing and hyperventilating. And breathing is one of those things that we can control. What God wants to do is he wants us to breathe so that we can relieve stress. Some of you may be asking, well, how, Pastor John, do I need to breathe? Well, I'm glad you're asking that question. Let me teach you how to breathe. And I'm going to invite your participation. I'm going to show you what it means to breathe to decrease panic, anxiety, and worry. It's two breaths in through the nose and a long exhale through the mouth. Two breaths in through the nose and a long exhale through the mouth. This is what it sounds like. Do it with me. Again. Here's what happens. With those two breaths, we open the top chamber and the bottom chambers of our lungs, allowing our blood to become fully oxygenated. It allows then our blood to carry oxygen to our brain and to our body. And when there's oxygen in our brain and our body, our body calms down. We stop with our shallow breathing and we deeply breathe. When we breathe out, we breathe out carbon dioxide, but we also breathe out stress And anxiety. Breathing is important. And it helps us address the fight, flight, or freeze response. It's what God has given us to be able to control our body. Because if when we're stressed out, if we can control our body, then we can calm our mind and our emotions. And then we can quiet our spirit to then receive from God. So number one, just breathe. Number two, worship out loud. Say it with me. Worship out loud. Worshiping has two important factors to it. There's two reasons to worship. One is practical, and one is spiritual. One is practical, and one is spiritual. Those are the benefits. One is practical, and one is spiritual. The spiritual reason we worship is because worship is our weapon against worry. Worship is our weapon Against worry. Why? Because when we worship God, he becomes bigger than our problems. When we worry, our problems become bigger than God. For you see, in life, what we magnify multiplies. What we focus on is what gets bigger. And When we worship, God becomes bigger than our problems. That's the spiritual reason. The practical reason is this. Is that when we worship out loud, when we sing unto God... It's actually a controlled breathing exercise. You can't sing if you're hyperventilating. You actually have to control your breathing to be able to sing and sustain uh, 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 your voice to sing. So worship has a practical benefit. It allows us to experience God in a powerful way. <clears throat> when we focus on God, He gets bigger. The third way that we can decrease worry, anxiety, and panic in our life is to pray in the Spirit. Lord, help me. Pray in the Spirit. Today is Pentecost Sunday. It's a moment where we celebrate how the Spirit of God came and blessed His people with His presence. Today is Pentecost Sunday. And praying in the Spirit has a spiritual Benefit and a practical benefit. The spiritual benefit is that it allows us to pray and share our heart. You know, there's moments in life when we don't know what to pray, but when we pray in the Spirit, we can share our heart and our worries and our burdens with God, and He shows up and He helps us. The practical benefit, and scientists cannot explain this, is that praying in the Spirit does two things that are actually are contradictory. On one hand, it makes the mind alert. And on the other hand, it calms the mind. Scientists cannot explain this. When you pray in the spirit, you're fully alert. But it actually calms your mind. And that's what God's intent is. He wants us to be fully dialed into him, but at the same time to be in a calm state. And when we pray in the spirit, we not only connect with God, but he also provides us with a, a benefit in our body, in our mind, in our emotions. So pray in the spirit. Worship out loud and just breathe. If we do those three things, we're going to see a decrease in our worry and in our anxiety. God wants to show up for us. The second lesson, very quickly, is grow in your relationship with God. Verse 52 says this, and Jesus grew in favor with God and with man. Jesus was focused in on his relationship with the Father. I want to invite you today, as we end today's service with worship that you grow your relationship with God. Do something in worship that you've never done before. To grow in your relationship with God. God wants to put his favor upon you. Some of you are saying, God, where's the blessing going to come from? Well, the blessing's going to come from God. But we've got to grow our relationship with him. And so Jesus was intentionally working out his relationship with the Father. And Jesus was discovering that, that God the Father could help him. And Jesus wants to do the same for us. But we must take a step of faith to get close to him. The Bible tells us that as we draw close to him, he will draw close to us. Sometimes we have to take the first step. And that's what I'm going to challenge you. At the end of today's service, we're going to invite you to take a step. Right here in the middle, we're going to invite you to come worship. And if you need prayer for anxiety or worry, there's going to be prayer team members on the side. They would love to pray with you. Third and finally... The third lesson is this. Start small and start today. Say it with me. Start small and start today. Start small and start today. Jesus started small. He started out as a baby. And from day one, he was growing in his relationship with God and developing. And God's favor was upon him. Look at what verses 40 and 51 say. The child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. Then he went down to Nazareth with him and was obedient obedient to them. Students, I believe that you want God to do big things in your life. In fact, I think you want to do big things in life. But sometimes what we need to do is we need to allow God to do big things in us before he can do big things through us. We need to let him to work in us before he can work through us. If you notice this, Jesus spent 30 years Allowing the Father to work in him. And then he allowed the Father to work through him. Start small and start today. Start small and start today. I've been thinking about this moment for each one of you today. And this is what I was reflecting on. is the fact that Jesus wants to step in and help you out. Jesus wants to step in. You've heard people say, the best day to change your life was yesterday. And the second best day to change your life is today. I want you to start today. Maybe it's praying in the Spirit. You haven't done that in a long time. Pray in the Spirit again. Maybe it's worshiping out loud. Maybe it's just breathing. Whatever it is. Ask God to be a part of your life. Invite Him into your spiritual life and into your mental health. Allow Him to influence your ramps today. And so as I close, I want to invite you to stand. Our worship team's coming up. And they're going to lead us in a moment of worshiping out loud. And I've just sensed in my heart that this moment, God wants to minister His peace to you and I. You see, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And I've been thinking about those of you who have been anxious or worried, maybe had sleepless nights, maybe had moments where you have doubt and uncertainty, maybe there's fracturing in a relationship, Maybe, maybe there's difficulty in your life or your business or your family. Well, regardless of what you're facing, Jesus wants to show up and minister peace to you. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to invite our prayer team to come forward right now. But right now, I'm going to pray for you that God would empower you, that He would encourage you to take a step of faith. Start small and start today. If you've never... Worshiped out loud, today is a great day to start. If you've never raised your hands in worship, today is a great day to start. If you've never come up for prayer and you know you need prayer, today is a great day to start. Take a step of faith. I want to pray for you that God would empower you. God, I pray right now that you would empower your people. Holy Spirit, that you would be present, ministering to them. Jesus, let them know the healthiest possible through you. Minister to your people today. Peace. Give them the peace that their heart and their soul and their spirit yearns for. Provide it to them today, God. Give them what they need. Let them have courage to invite you into every area of their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship together.